From the sunny shores of almost Marina Del Rey, it's the Couch Slouch Podcast. Today, more Corona coping. Why didn't more teams go after Tom Brady? And big money time with the Ask the Slouch Cash Giveaway. And now, direct from the couch with co-host Daisy McCallahan, here is semi-quarantine, apocalyptically appalled, Norman Chad. And why wouldn't I be apocalyptically appalled? Last night I went to buy some nasal saline at 9, 10 p.m. CVS closed. Rite Aid closed. Ralph's closed. Yet in a driving rainstorm in Los Angeles, there were two taco trucks open for business. Neither one of them had nasal saline, but I did pick up (laughs) three Al Pastor tacos for $1.50 each. All right. What is an Al Pastor taco? They've got actual pastor in there? No. They don't have pastor. There's carnitas. Uh, It's a meat, and uh, it's flavored. So uh, it's actually one of the more popular ones in Los Angeles, the Al Pastor. Meat. No Uh, no particular animal? You know, um, it's it's almost like uh, it reminds me of the old Cheers episodes where Norm went to go get the uh, all-you-can-eat special or the uh, Beth, which was a beef-like uh, <laughs> substance, and he also got loopster, which was a lobster-like substance. But it's it, it's really good. So it's meat. I just know what I don't know what type of meat it is. Best not to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all kinds of stories. Uh, you know, every time we we take a couple of days off, there's you know another hunk of the world has ended, or so it seems, or evolved. And uh, you know, I'm in Vegas. You're in uh, sort of L.A. Uh, some of the stuff from from this end of things. Uh, some companies are doing things for their people, and other times they're not. The Hakkasan Group, which operates the big nightclubs here in Vegas, has fired everyone, 1,600 people, which may be a good thing in the short run as they're immediately eligible for unemployment benefits. Uh, some companies are giving people severance, but that makes them ineligible for benefits. So, But Hakkasan also says when this is all done, everybody has to reapply for their jobs, so here's a nice opportunity to uh, thin the herd, as it were. Well, I'm going to do you a favor then. Rich Johnson, you are fired. All right. See ya. <laughs> wait, wait. I don't know how to operate this board. <laughs> no, you don't. I like having job security. Uh, and MGM, the, the biggest uh, casino company here in Vegas, and, and they have places all over the country, they're funding an emergency relief fund for workers to the tune of a million dollars. Yeah, color me cynical, but they're going to give them the emergency funds all in quarters. <laughs> they're going to give it to them in quarters. They're going to give it to them inside the MGM Mirage, and they're locking the doors. Good luck. I see. What's the last time you were in Vegas? No, you're frequent here. I figured they would give it to them in, in the uh, the Tito tickets. That's true. They don't have quarters yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, or or credit for the parking now that they're charging for parking. Uh, and then the uh, Sahara, the uh, long-forgotten, now-renamed Sahara, Gave uh, 500 employees a bunch of groceries, the equivalent of uh, several pallets of stuff. Uh, the headline writer, though, at the Las Vegas Reviewer-Journal apparently was not feeling well because I saw this headline and went, oh, sh- what, what the- Sahara gives 500 groceries to employees. <laughs> so I'm thinking there's some middle manager saying, okay, you get a carrot, uh, you get a can of corn, you get a potato. You, you did so well, you're getting half a ribeye. <laughs> I would take a banana. It is nature's perfect food 
So you tell me you want to talk about ESPN2, you want to talk about Tom Brady, and you want to help us understand why we can't print more money to solve everything, since it's the Norman Chad podcast. Here again is Norman Chad. Thank you, Mr. Rich Johnson. And yeah, you know, you may recall from the movie Dodgeball, uh, ESPN, the Ocho. It, it was the ESPN 8, which was televising uh, Dodgeball. Well, this past week, ESPN 2, it was life imitating art. Uh, ESPN 2 used to be known as the Deuce. Well, the Deuce turned into the Ocho on Sunday. Yeah. Let me, I, I'm going to run down their programming. There are 24 hours of programming this past Sunday. Uh, you can chime in if you uh, have a question or two in here, Rich, but I'm going to run down their programming mm-hmm. midnight through the next day. An incredible day of programming ESPN2 because of the coronavirus. They started at midnight with the ACL Cornhole Championships. I still hate that name because it really conjures up other things. Yes, but it's uh, you are not the, the target demographic. Neither am I. No. Uh, okay, 2 a.m., the World Axe Throwing League. Yeah. 4 a.m., the Ultimate Championships, the sport of ultimate. Which is what that's that's frisbee, right? But the word frisbee frisbee, is is copyrighted, so no, no, yes, so uh, 6 a.m. Spike ball college championships. Why why did spike ball? I've never heard of that. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I did not look up spike ball, I looked up a couple of these other ones, but it's it it does involve a ball, yeah, uh, and a spike, and a spike, and it is done by college club, college club groups. So I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, at 7 a.m., and I'll come back to this, the Las, Ve- the Las Vegas Highland Games. Are you familiar with the Las Vegas Highland Games? No, but I've heard of Highland Games. That's where they take telephone poles and try to throw them, and they're all in kilts and various stones and things. Then you are familiar with nothing. Yeah, it's okay. an annual celebration of Scottish culture, and they do bagpiping uh, competitions and what you just mentioned, and folklore dancing and all that stuff. All right. Uh, Spike ball, it's, seven- yeah, I'm looking at this. It, it, there's a video. It's it's like a little tiny trampoline, like about three feet in diameter, and you throw the ball off that, and people are around it, and so you throw it to the other person, but it has to bounce off the little net. It's a real beach thing, I guess. Oh, actually, it's very similar to the Easter egg hunt we hold every year. But oh. that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> okay, 7.30, and I would have watched this, the 2000 Putt-Putt Championship. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I loved Putt-Putt growing up. Not a lot of them still around. There's some miniature golf courses, but I, I think the Putt-Putts I, are I remember as a kid seeing, like, like on Saturday afternoon before college football started, they had a, there was a syndicated Putt-Putt yeah. tour it ran like an hour show, and and there were three or four guys. No, you were right, and that that was an eighteen hole course. And you, I mean, if you didn't shoot twenty five or better, you were not yeah. going to win. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Those are those are great to watch. I loved watching those. Uh, at eight a.m. on ESPN two Sunday was the twenty nineteen Ideal, as an Ideal Tools Electricians National Championship. Um. Uh huh. So we're uh, wiring a house for speed and accuracy. Pretty much, uh, it, it's 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 all these different skills, electrician skills, cutting, stripping, crimping, and uh, yes. they judge you on time and craftsmanship and connectability and uh, connectivity and safety. Nothing there about billing, though, Rich. <laughs> yes, I know they're always which, very quick to get that bill to be very fast. Which inspires the great commentary. Oh, he nailed the crimp. <laughs> so that that is actually in its second or third year. Uh, 9.30 a.m., National Stone Skipping Competition. Self-explanatory. It's 10.30 a.m., World 
sports stacking competition, sort of related to scone, stone skipping, I think. Yeah. Uh, 11.30 in the morning, the World Sign Spinning Championship. This is actual programming on ESPN2 all day Sunday. <sighs> now closer to us, high noon, the Crystal World Hamburger Eating Championship. Yeah. Crystal, and, and it takes some, a real pro to eat Crystal hamburgers, too, I got to tell you. The company that wishes it were White Castle. <laughs> oh, White Castle's invaded Las Vegas, has it not? Yeah, there's three uh, three places to serve you, at least. Uh, okay, that was followed. The noon was followed by the 1 o'clock uh, 2006 Johnsonville Brat Eating World Championship. Self-explanatory. They eat brats? You got to eat your, well, it's better than eating your Johnson. That's, that's a whole yeah. other, that's channel, Wait. I'm sorry, I, that, that, we'll, uh, we'll fix we'll that in the editing. Nah, we'll keep it in editing. All right, 2 o'clock, European Tram Driver Championship. Oh, uh, hold on. Tram driving. A tram is like a little train. It's light rail through a city, right? Or, or is it? Yes. So what is the competition there, I wonder? That we must look up. I do not know. Tram driving. Okay. European Tram Driver Championship. Let me uh, continue okay. while you look that yep. up. Three o'clock is the Robot, robot Fighting League. 3.30, Cherry Pit Spitting Championship. Cherry Pit Spitting Championship. Yeah. At four o'clock, a legitimate professional arm wrestling championship that does seem legitimate relative to the rest of this. So at least yeah. that's been around longer. 4.30, uh, I'm sorry, 5 o'clock, Tetris World Championship. Oh, in my prime, <laughs> Rich, I had a shot in my prime. I can't do it any longer. Oh, well. Any information on the European Tram Driver? It yet? apparently is, um, let's see, Tram Driver Championships, uh, there's a European Canada competition, environmental sensitivity, technical innovation. Okay, where's the driving part of this? It's a building, there's the history, there's the teams, Apparently, they assume you know what it is on their website. Okay. Uh, so that's that's not a very good website, yeah. but yes, uh, they did make it on ESPN2. Uh, 6.30, the original Dodgeball, U.S. versus Canada. 7.30, and this has really been taking off a lot lately during the coronavirus, the marble runs, Jelly's marble runs, the marble racing has been very popular. It's hilarious to watch. Marble racing. Yeah, it's not like a it's like it's a little marble course. They put about twenty marbles into this sort of maze. Oh yeah, and they do. Uh, it's like horse racing without the jockeys. Well, gravity uh, involved. Gravity involved. They got to decide whether they're going to the left or the right on a split. They're kind of fun to watch. The races should be a couple of furlongs shorter. Uh, to me, they're a little <laughs> too long. They're about two and a half minutes. The Kentucky Derby's not even two and a half minutes. But uh, that might be interesting to watch. Uh, then wrapping up the final four events here uh, at eight o'clock uh, Sunday night was Slippery Stairs College Tour. Have you ever watched Slippery Stairs, by the way? No, but that's it, I think that's self-explanatory. They put grease and you try to get up. You try to get up and then you're avoiding people who are falling down as they fall. Down. OK, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, a, obnoxious and ridiculous. Uh, at eight thirty is the Death Diving World Championship, which is a Norwegian death diving uh, actually started in Norway. And it, it sounds worse than it is. It's yeah. not life or death. Uh, I, if it was life or death, they'd probably get more viewers, like an yeah. evil Knievel thing. But it's you're on a 10-meter platform, uh, and then when you go down, you got to do fancy stuff, or you got to go horizontal, and then you got to go into a fetal position just before you hit the water. And so they judge you on your form, 
And when you're doing the tricks, the classic is when you just go down in a as a, in horizontal and your arms and legs are crossed in an X. And then the freestyle, you go down flipping and turning and tilting and squirming, <sighs> and then you hit the water, and uh, they judge you on that. Do they do this in a uh, pool, or is that out in the you know put a, uh, a board up on the fjord yeah. somewhere? Yeah, I would love to see it on a fjord. I got to be originally it should have been on a fjord, but it is in a pool. Yeah. And then the uh, final event of the night uh, on ESPN was the Moxie Games, which I had not heard of. This was Moxie Games three, and that's just a lot of outside the box sports, uh, combat juggling, whatever that is, <laughs> martial arts volleyball, whatever that is. I want to see. Yeah. Uh, Trick shots and billiards, uh, bottle flipping, power lifting, a bunch of stuff like that. All right. Here's the uh, the bottom line on uh, the tram driving competition. Which disciplines uh, from the 2019 competition, acceleration of the tram to 30 kilometers an hour with subsequent precision braking, estimation of the lateral distance in a curve, precise stop with door two on the way back, a drive-over test in which the driver has to come to a precise stop with the front. And finally, tram bowling. I'm sorry, what? Tram bowling, not tromboning, tram bowling. <laughs> you perked my <laughs> but I have, now. I'm, I'm looking for a visual aid here, and I'm not uh, finding anything. They apparently assume you know okay. what tram bowling is. The uh, They've been holding, holding this in Europe all over the place. Well, just the word bowling get just the word bowling, you know. Yeah, gets me in right there. So now I have to go find this event. Yeah, uh, it's, it's scheduled coming up. Uh, if you want to get to uh, Ordea, Romania, in September, the 2020 Tram uh, Driver Championship is uh, awaiting. Well, my new rule is if Amtrak doesn't get there, I don't go. Yeah, in any uh, country named after a guy named Vlad and a huge sword, eh, I can live without it. <laughs> Vlad the Impaler, the uh, the, uh, the the patron state of Romania. That way, and, Richard, uh, go ahead. No, I love making fun of these these games, uh, but I am reminded of the great Jim McKay, and I couldn't do what he did. But when he used to do Water World of Sports uh, oh, in yeah. its heyday, sixties and seventies, and you know he did everything, log rolling, you name it. The key to doing it, he said. Because uh, a lot of us say, look at these people. They're so weird. And why are they doing this? But he said the key to doing it is this was, this was their, you know, if it wasn't their livelihood, it certainly was their passion. This yeah. is what they loved. And so he treated them all seriously. He treated them all as you would somebody playing basketball or golf or somebody who's got a hobby uh, doing engineering or electrical stuff. And so, he, you know, he treated them all that way and, 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 and that's why Jim McKay was such a great sportscaster. Just his ability to understand that that's the way you go approach that. You don't do it like I do it, which is make fun of everything. <laughs> you go there and you appreciate what they're doing and you understand their passion for it. So I give a lot of credit to the late, great Jim McKay. All right. I'm going to take one little detour here. Uh, my other, my only story of Romania was covering the White House and uh, Bush went there in, in uh, Bucharest. And we're in the hotel in the filing center doing all our things. And a producer from NBC invited Romania's most beloved musician to come and see us. You remember who that is? Romania's most b beloved yes. musician? Yes. No, I do not. Zamfir, master of the pan flute. Oh. 
Zamfir, master of the pan flute. He was Gallagher before Gallagher, but he could play the flute. He He's could. from Romania? It's, he is the most beloved guy in Romania. Oh, he's after tremendous. Vlad the Impaler, he was, you know, we thought he'd come by with the flute and play a little. He brought a five-piece band. They set up. He played a couple of songs. We're all, yay! And then he played a couple of more. And then he played a couple of more. <laughs> We're all going, dude, let's wrap it up here. Come on, we got to go back and file. So Zamfir wore out his welcome, but he was a master uh, of the pan flute. He didn't know to get in and get out, but uh, no. that's incredible. You had an audience with Zamfir, master of the pan flute. Yes, and all his uh, minions. <sighs> so where are we now? Uh, though we did that. How about Tom Brady? You, you talked about ESPN 2, ESPN, the big one. Uh, it was Brady Fest this weekend, this past weekend. Yeah, yeah, this past, uh, you know, we talked about coronavirus programming. And uh, Mr. Brady, on Sunday, on ESPN, the mothership, not the deuce, the mothership, they ran seven consecutive hours of Tom Brady programming. And that brings up the fact, as we know, he signed last week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There was some word that only a couple of teams down the stretch really were interested in him. To which I've got to say, what the fill in the blank? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I don't care if he's 82 years old. Okay. All these other teams are are, are are trading little pieces in the puzzle like Marcus Mariota and Nick Foles and Teddy Bridgewater. If you have an opportunity to get Tom Brady right now, who, again, has been fairly healthy, I, I, you just roll the dice with him for a year or two. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want to hear about these other guys. And, and, and uh, you know, Tom Brady, Rich, he's replacing Jameis Winston, uh, who's been in the league uh, about five years and has been a bit of a disappointment. Last year, Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. Tom Brady threw 29 interceptions over the past four years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're not even close. So the, the fact that you would, you, you have to gamble on a guy like Brady. I give the Buccaneers credit. I'm just going to run down Brady's stats for those of you who forget them to understand what a career he has had and why he probably is the greatest of all time, certainly in, in the modern generation. As we know, nine Super Bowls he's played in, six Super Bowl titles, three-time NFL MVP, 17 division titles. He's never had a losing season. His record in the postseason is 30-11. and 11. And now all-time passing yards, he's second. All-time touchdown passes, he's second. All-time passer rating, fifth. And my favorite stat of all on Tom Brady, he could lose his next 283 starts and still have a better career record than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise. I wish I were making that up. I mean, that's a combination yeah. of how good he's been and how bad the Buccaneers have been. Oh, yeah. And, and apparently there will be no pewter for uh, for Tom. They're, they're changing their logo, their color scheme. Maybe they're going back to that hideous orange-red combo and the guy with the fleur-de-lis and, you know, the, the Buccaneer. Uh, yeah, everything around the Buccaneers, unfortunately, speaks of, like, Oh, like yeah. bad, bad Cirque du Soleil. It's just bad colors, bad dancers, bad pirates, bad everything. But hopefully Brady, yeah, maybe they'll go to a new scheme, as you said, with, with Brady coming in there. Uh, I want to mention one other thing about Brady for our gamblers out there. And, and eventually this podcast will turn more towards gambling as gambling comes back. It really can't come back until there are things to gamble on other than the high temperature in Minneapolis tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm going to give you some Brady stats from ESPN Stats and Info, which, again, tell you the remarkable uh, reign he has had in New England. Uh, 2002, we're in 2020. 2002 is the last time the Patriots were under 500 against the point spread. Uh, for those of you who don't gamble, I can't tell you how remarkable that is. 17 consecutive seasons, the, the, the Patriots have not been in any of those seasons under 500 against the point spread. That's next to impossible. Brady in his, in his Patriots career against the point spread, 189, 128, and 7. That's nearly 60%. After a regular season loss where the Patriots lose the game, Brady is 42 and 19 against the point spread. That's nearly 70%. And the final thing during his uh, career with the, the Patriots, which goes back 17 or 18 years now, he has never lost four straight games against the spread in any single regular season. It's just from a gambling standpoint, he's the closest thing to a stone cold mortal lock we have ever seen. Uh, you wonder about who else went for him. Here in Vegas, there was a lot of talk. The Raiders were trying to make a big play, and they were trying to sweeten the deal with a couple of ownership points upon retirement. But the NFL said, no, you can't even do that. You you can't offer that up as long as he's playing. You cannot do that. So that may have put the kibosh on that. Uh, indeed. And uh, there's other t – by the way, I believe there are other teams that were interested in him. This, this whole narrative that it only came down to two teams, I – just don't believe it was yeah. true. Other teams had interest. Uh, I don't think it was a monetary thing. Uh, Brady actually went for $25 million a year, which is not that much more than you're paying. Like Nick Foles gets $18 million a year. But it, the thought that people would pass up on Tom Brady for a year or two because somehow is going to screw up their franchise yeah. in the in the long run is ridiculous to me. There are a lot of screwed up franchises there in the long run to begin with. So why you wouldn't roll the dice on Brady? And again, the Buccaneers get full credit for selling him and for Brady coming down there. And I wish him luck. Yeah, the Chargers I think were the team that needed him the most because they really got to do something to make some sort of splash up against the Rams in the same stadium uh, this year, if there's indeed football. But no. Uh, without question. Uh, the, the, there's the Chargers last year. Uh, the last couple of years were in a soccer stadium in, in Los Angeles where no Charger fans were. It was mostly fans from the opposing team. It's going to be hard for the Chargers to sell tickets in that new stadium. It's a monsterly big stadium. Uh, we'll see how they do. Chances are they're not going to do well at the outset. Yeah, speaking of all that and down there, the Los Angeles Rams unveiled a new team logo. It's a blue background, white letters, L and A, a little curvature to both, and then the right side of the A curves around to the left in yellow to form sort of a Rams horn. Now here's the brilliance of this. This was preceded by a leaked logo, two or three of them, that uh, looked pretty much worse. One of them actually looked like a Chargers <laughs> logo, almost like a lightning bolt thing. The backlash was swift and strong, which means this real logo might get something of a pass. It, I don't know why they need to go to a new logo. They need to go back to the classic, the one they've had for a couple of years, not that St. Louis crap with the the weird-ass gold. At least they did it right with the blue and the yellow classic, but still... Yeah. No, you're right. Their classic logo was tremendous. I love yeah. watching those old games. I'm not sure why they are diddle-daddling right now with a new logo. They need to refocus their energies to actually completing and finishing their $3 billion stadium, yeah. <laughs> which I drive past every two days. It's like it's half done. If the NFL is really starting in August, 
which is, I guess, still possible. Uh, I, I believe they'll be playing on the streets of Los Angeles, not in that stadium. Yeah. It just doesn't look finished. So I think their 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 priorities are a little off. Nobody cares about the logo right now. Finish the damn stadium. Yeah. Meanwhile, here in Vegas, the uh, mere $1.2 billion stadium for the Raiders is getting very well done. They actually put the name Allegiant Stadium on the, on the side of the building last week. I'm not a big Raiders fan. I never have. Uh, you know, I'll probably pay attention to them a little more now that I'm in the same town with them. But the stadium looks slick. It looks like a stadium for the Raiders. It is slick black with some silver trim, and 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 that really works. It, you know, I, I when I'm in town, and of course you cannot avoid it if you're driving up uh, the 15, 15 north or if you're going 15 south, yeah. and you see it on your left or your right. Since it's on the edge of the freeway, I still shake my head every time I see it for the uh, – $800 million of state tax money Yeah, that subsidized that stadium, at least $800 million. I think it's going to be close to a billion when all is said and done. Uh, I just I just close my eyes for a moment, which is stupid to do on the freeway, and they'll go, <laughs> why, oh, why? But, yeah, it does look like the big black hole. It's perfect for the Raiders. As now, uh, let's, uh, as a public service, as we exit stage right I believe the couch slouch wants to perform a public service by explaining why we can't just print money and keep the economy rolling, plus an idea about how to solve this whole virus-induced economic meltdown. Yeah, I'm going to hand over this segment to two of the smartest people I know, one I know personally and uh, one I don't know, and that's that's a guy named economics professor Anthony Davies. Uh, he's written a lot of books on economics, and he explains, because I get this question a lot, why can't we just print money, give people more money than to be able to afford whatever's out there? Well, you know, money, as, as, as Professor Davies explained, money's valuable only because people will give you goods and services in exchange for it. So money derives, de- derives its value from the goods and services. Printing more money simply spreads the value of the existing goods and services around a larger number of dollars. That's what we call inflation. So ultimately, doubling the number of dollars simply doubles the prices. So if everyone has twice as much money, but everything costs twice as much as before, people are not better off. It's that simple. Having the government print money will not increase wealth. I will say this, however, and this is my own PS. This isn't the professor. uh, The government printing money will not increase wealth unless it just prints money for you and you alone. (laughs) <laughs> that, that yeah. More of a, yeah. yeah, it's not going to affect the economy at large, but you and me, Rich, if we get more money, yeah. then we're okay, are we not? I'm okay with that, yeah. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to turn it over to a friend of mine I used to work with, uh, uh, the creator uh, and producer of the original World Series of Poker on ESPN. He is the executive producer of 441 Productions, a uh, production company in New Jersey, and he tweeted today an idea, and listen carefully, Rich, and tell me if you can see a fatal flaw in this idea. I cannot. This is his idea to solve this whole crisis. Instead of government giving people and companies money so they can pay their bills, what if we froze bill paying? Not just mortgage or rent, but everything. Nobody gets paid, but no one has costs either. The economy, the entire economy freezes until the health crisis is over. Matt says that there'll be exceptions for food, medicine, and basic services. The government will give people a monthly check to cover those costs, but that's it. Everything else stocks. It's sort of like a stock market circuit breaker, but on an epic scale. Without costs, companies or individuals don't need money. Then when the economy restarts, everyone's financial obligations just pick up where they were, 
Freezing the bill paying vertical seems more effective than a piecemeal series of stimulus packages, Matt says, that are unlikely to completely work and it will just skyrocket the, the debt, the other the other solution. Do you yeah. like his solution? I think that was the plot of a Jack Ryan novel back in the mid-90s where <laughs> they attacked the stock market and went too far and blew up the thing and said, well, let's just oh, forget no. that day existed and start over. Uh there's just so many unintended consequences for something like that that nobody could figure out until those dominoes fall, to mix my metaphors, that it just uh, won't work. No, it won't work. No? Okay. So did the Jack Ryan novel at least sell well? Oh, they all did. Yeah, yeah. Back. You know, although uh, I have to say that in the uh, five or six years since Tom Clancy died, the novels have gotten much better. His okay, writing has improved. <laughs> uh, it still seems to me like Tom Brady... It's worth the gamble because we're all going to have no money to begin with. So you're saying it's, it's all going to just collapse and explode on us. So it's not a good idea. I got to believe that you, you're probably onto something there. I just can't see the fatal flaw in it. Time now for the dollar twenty-five Ask the Slouch Cash Giveaway. The Slouch Board has picked two winners this week. First, here's Eddie Vidmar of Akron, Ohio, who asks. The CDC and WHO have strongly suggested that places and events where more than 100 people gather be canceled. So why did the XFL find it necessary to suspend operations? <laughs> That's a good question for Mr. Vrdvar. And uh, let me just say in answering this, and he will be getting $1.25, which we'll explain again in a moment. Uh, in every cloudy day, there's a silver lining. And in this uh, coronavirus pandemic, I believe losing the XFL will be that silver lining. Uh, we, we, we did not need football. I've never wanted football year-round. Spring football has always been a mistake. Uh, it's been tried many times over. It had its best chance this time because of the gambling elephant uh, element. But we do not want the XFL. We do not want football the week after the Super Bowl ends. We want to do other things. We want to move on with our lives. We want to go to baseball spring training. Why not? Each sport should be three months long. I know we're never yeah. going to go to that or four months long, but uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Vidmar, for bringing that up. The XFL wasn't attracting a lot of people. Its, uh, its ratings and attendance was going down every week, and now they lost the rest of the season. We'll see if they come back in year two. Yes, we need more time for tram driving and cornhole championships. There we go. Why not? Yes, the second winner, Tom Logan of Sterling, Virginia, who says, do you just like change ends of the couch when due to social distancing you have to work from home uh, that's a nice coffin there mr johnson yeah uh yes i do work from home yes i do work on the couch but i do not i am not on the couch alone my co-host daisy mccallahan uh one of the finest pit mixes in the country is always on the couch next to me and we actually do not practice social distancing the couch is not that big when she lays out she takes out two-thirds of the couch we are never more than 18 inches away from each other so we do switch sides of the couch when i have a different creative impulse but that's not social distancing uh because of the coronavirus it's just switching sides of the couch for creative purposes being the upscale guy you you are, you have two couches too, right? You have, have real uh, options. Yeah, we do have a couch and a futon, uh, but she prefers the couch uh, because it has better pillows for her to put her head on. This is a this uh, as many dogs are. This is really a disguised person, you know, person in four legs, <laughs> a, a human being who dominates the couch. And we will be hearing more from Daisy McCallahan 
in future podcasts. If you have a question and you want to win that cool buck and a quarter U.S., send in that question to asktheslouch at AOL.com because, you know, CompuServe's taken. Uh, final thoughts, Norman. If you take one more shot at my AOL.com <laughs> address, you'll be fired like every Hakkasan employee. Yes, but I'll reapply. I got some final thoughts, and I'm going to say this one time and one time only. I am apocalyptically appalled that in this time of crisis, each and every time I decide to reach out to old friends and call them, I get their voicemail. Come on, folks. Pick up your phone. Jeez, I'm not a marketing call. I'm, I'm calling to see how you are. I am a ray of sunshine. As we demonstrate every week here on the podcast. So we'll be back again whenever we kind of feel like it. I mean, we both feel pretty good right now, but uh, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I got a, I got a homeland bid waiting for me. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see how we feel. That is it for now. As always, catch the Couch Slouch column and great newspapers online or in print. You folks remember print, including the Washington Post. Also, you can find me on Twitter at Norman Chad and check out the Norman Chad YouTube channel. The Couch Slouch podcast is a production of Utter Clarity, which also produces That's Gold with Steve Heitner. Buy now and save for all your podcast needs at utterclarity.fm. Pick up your phone, people! <laughs>